0: This is a Think, Live, Be production. Good morning.
1: Good morning. It's very. It's bright and early. I I don't know why we insist on doing this in the morning with we We don't. The sun is coming in that window, and it is bright. And so Patrick's just in silhouette most of the time. Mm -hmm. That's the way I like it. (laughs) Okay. Well, yes, good morning. Uh, We are back talking about the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book. Got a few more um, sections, I think, that we'll be able to break down that we're we've been doing a book club sort of, um, which I think you can call it a book club. Sure. I've definitely added a lot of my own thoughts in the mix. That's the point. But uh, well, usually a book club, I think you say like. Well,
0: usually a book club, everybody's read the book, and I haven't read the book,
1: <laughs> so it's just I'm just winging it, <laughs> it the way I did in high school. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I think and usually in a book club, I feel like you you know, you kind of highlight things that you've read and stuff, but I'm kind of adding my personal spin in the mix. Um, Thoughts and feelings. I guess people add that in book clubs too. Anyways, the Millionaire Real Estate Agent book is the Real Estate Bible. In case you have never read it, if you're listening to this episode, this is your first time listening, then go buy this book. If you're a real estate agent and you intend, even if you don't intend on growing a team, It's just the models of a successful real estate business, and they do it all the way up to a millionaire real estate agent level, but you can just break that down and still use it on a smaller scale or larger scale for that matter. So anyways, this is our podcast uh, called Seeking the Best, and I'm Catherine Stelgis, your co-host. I've been a realtor, realtor and uh an agent here in the orlando central florida area for 17 years i'm super old now and this is my significant other patrick fatica hello and he helps me uh record this thing yeah <laughs> we call him our sound engineer producer extraordinaire because he is just great with everything and this oh, podcast would not exist if he wasn't here well that's true I wouldn't remember to do it is what would happen
0: yeah that's one thing yeah
1: yeah. but we talk about all kinds of stuff real estate related a lot of it is you know the struggles that you go through as a real estate agent and all the things that we deal with in this industry it's very unique in that it feels it, it feels very personal most of the time where you're not just clocking in and clocking out of a job there's so many people involved in in real estate that you deal with every day and there's just so much emotion involved um so there's right. so
0: much that you don't have control over i think right. is is a huge part of it and it's and and so trying to wrap your brain around that your head around that and be okay with that um is is a difficult thing to do yeah. you know um usually with with uh careers you're dealing with If you're dealing with a lot of people, most of the time, it's the same people that you're dealing with. And in this particular job, those people are always changing. It's always a different, it's always a different agent on the other side. It's always a different lender. It's always a different client. It's always a different, you know, for, and then that deal is done and then you move on and it's, it's all different people again. And so it's not that chaos of that. And then also, you know, when you're starting out the chaos of not knowing when where that next check or client is coming from, it's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. So you have to be really secure with yourself and your process. And that will alleviate some of that uh, insecurity or uh, not insecurity, but uh, well, yeah, insecurity. And so that's what, for example, this book is, helps you do is because it lays out the systems in such a way that that's the one thing that can be stable and the same all the time because you have no control over the other stuff.
1: Well, and actually that is if you really focus on the job duties of an agent, those are the things that are in your control that um, to some degree. So it's lead generate and follow up, set appointments go on appointments, show houses, negotiate offers. That's really the kind of main job duties of a real estate professional. And obviously, depending on what role you're in, that changes, but that's like the the core of our job. And those are things that if if you just focus on those things, then everything else really does become a little bit easier to manage. Like dealing with those personalities in the transaction, all of that is secondary. If you spend 80% of your time looking for new business, following up with leads, going on appointments and showing properties and focus on offers. It's that,
0: I I always, uh, you see it a lot with new agents, but it's that because you don't know where the next check is coming from, it's real easy to get off track and not spend 80% of your time doing that. Yeah. Right? So chasing leads that aren't really leads, chasing down, trying to, communicate with people that aren't really serious, but that you don't have anybody else. So I'm just going to focus all my time and sh- send these people properties and all of that stuff, doing things you're not supposed to be doing because you don't have, you're not, it's like this uh, snake eating its tail. It's like this, if you spent the time doing the 80%, you wouldn't be spending your time not doing the 80% running around trying to get people who aren't serious on board you know, uh, that, I don't know if that made any sense, but you you're kind of so. like you're kind of like doing the, the, it's like this self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like you, you know, you're trying to you you should be doing lead gen or whatever. But instead, you're 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 looking on MLS trying to find these people a house that aren't really serious and wouldn't even come in for a, a an appointment. And because you're doing that, you're not finding anybody else because you're not lead genning. So you're saying to yourself, "Well, I don't have anybody else, so I'll just keep doing this and keep showing." So it's this circular kind of thing, and you end up with nothing.
1: Well, yes. When, and
0: you're and you're and then you put have all your eggs in this basket of this other this person who's probably not going to buy anything anyway. I know. I'm just going off on something. I know. <laughs> like I don't
1: know how we got. I know. I know, I know. I know. But yes, you're- coffee, baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is the the perks of doing it early in the morning. Is our coffee is flowing and we're just going to ramble. No. Uh but seriously, the, it's actually a good transition point because we covered last week the organization model and so what you're describing is what I see a lot of new agents do and it's it's hard like so I'm going to I'm still going to I'm going to cover a little bit that we we missed in the organization model last week um and then if we have time we're going to get into the next section because so I'm in hiring mode, and rebuilding some positions and things this year. And what I've what I've seen so many times because I have been doing this a long time. And there's people that have come in, you know, as agents to the team and didn't make it. They either self selected out, they got fired. I haven't fired a ton of people, but. <laughs> It's not for everyone. Yeah. That chaos. You know,
0: you, it never gets to the point where you have to fire them because it's like you're either producing or you're not. Yeah. It's like they can tell you, anybody can tell whether or not they're producing.
1: Well, and, and, then, and, and then the they usually chaos just... and uncertainty that you were describing drives them to focus, What exactly what you were just saying, drives mm. them to focus on things that aren't dollar producing activities because they feel desperate. Right. They start to get in this mode if this, where
0: if this doesn't close, if I can't get these people in, then I've got nothing.
1: And, and and you're
0: spending all that time doing,
1: yeah, yeah. And and so part of the organization model is a model about um, basically like training and like once you do the hire, that's not it. It's like okay, I bring this person on. That's not the end of the deal. No, like that's you, the, that's the, the that's the beginning. beginning. That's the <laughs>
0: that's the easy part.
1: So. The first thing I wanted to cover was just like there's a section in the book that says higher talent and I'm, you know, rereading this again for the millionth time. I still I'm not 100 percent sure how you define, like how you not define. I shouldn't say that it's defined right here in the book. Um, I'm not sure how you know that with meeting with someone a few times. I don't think you ever really do. Somebody could seem like they are just amazing and they're going to be perfect and fail. I've had that happen. In fact, I had somebody where um the, you know, you do reference checks and the reference checks were just amazing. And the the field that they were coming from was very similar to real estate and just seemed like they were gonna knock it out of the park. And as soon as I got started with training, I was like, wow, no, I've missed the mark on this one. Yeah. And I can't really describe the why but if you read and again everybody's book might be a little bit different but in mine it's page 161 it says hire talent and then it it outlines how you know when you've hired talent and i i've really seen some of these things show up so i'm going to read a few of them um talent pushes to get answers so although it can be annoying (laughs) to be like what about this why why Mm -hmm. what about this Talent pushes to get answers. They want to learn. Right. They're eager to find out the answer, and sometimes that can be annoying as the leader. Because, um, and I say annoying, it's it's just like we have our own stuff to do, right?
0: Yeah, it breaks your. Momentum.
1: Yeah. So you have to set boundaries and expectations of when you're available to answer questions. And that's hard as, as leaders, like sometimes we might want to like, we like answering the questions, right? So it's really easy to get distracted and say, sure, let me answer that for you and spend 30 minutes explaining something, but they want to get answers. They'll push for it. Um, non-talent will have to be pushed and like dragged. Like you'll feel like you're pulling teeth Mm -hmm. to get answers out of them. Had that too. Had that many times. Mm -hmm. Um, talent shares your goals and fulfills your needs as a natural byproduct of fulfilling their own. I've yet to see this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think when, when people are new to the industry, like I haven't hired a ton of experienced agents. Um, and I know there, there's pros and cons for both, right? So, and, and this applies to, by the way, this applies to admin people too. But when people come into your organization, your
0: organization, because you I know what you're going to get at and stuff. And if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, you know, Catherine's got systems. And the reason why we have systems is because we want our clients to have the exact same experience every time, which means uh, it has to be done Catherine's way. And if you hire experienced people, well, they they, they have to forget everything that they've learned and do it.
1: And way. so those are always the the, the pros and cons. Pros being this person's already sold real estate. I don't have to train them on how to even write a contract. They at least know right? the
0: vocabulary. They
1: know the vocabulary. There's stuff that that's already built into their their knowledge. Um, and depending on their level of, of experience, I mean, you know, you just yeah, they could be. You could have somebody who's actually a really great producing agent. They just want structure and they want mm-hmm. to just plug into systems that already work. That's great, but they're going to have to be untrained on some other things, bad habits, that kind of stuff. But the what I was getting at was that new, brand new agents have no idea what goals are realistic or what even their goals are. They just think they're going to yeah. make a lot of money in real estate. They want flexible free time.
0: They don't know what the job even entails. And really. so for
1: this one, I think it's hard to... like. To put your finger on that, like talent shares your goals and fulfills your needs as a natural byproduct of fulfilling their own. Um, It's hard to see that, Mm -hmm. like with a brand new agent. Um,
0: You just have to keep those kinds of things in your mind at all time and be looking out for that. Right. So then it's you might not know before you hire. But if you keep that in your mind and as you've hired somebody and watch them sort of come into their own and figure it out and stuff are they this type of person you can say oh yes I can see the talent there it just needs to be nurtured you might not know it on day one but you have to always be looking well, at those people and see
1: the the opposite one of that makes more sense to me because this is non-talent doesn't fulfill your needs and ends up giving pieces of its job giving you back pieces of its job that I've seen before when you when you're starting to do something that you're like, wait, this isn't my job anymore. Like that's why I hire people. Then you know that that person might not be a great fit. Um, talent knows what it wants or act is actively searching to know. So here's the thing: when you hire a brand new agent, even if they don't know exactly what those goals are or what they want, they just they're they're looking for it. They want they want to figure out how to set those goals. They want to know what's realistic. How do I get there? What do I need to do? Um, talent and then obviously non-talent does the opposite talent pushes you constantly that goes back to the the they're pushing to get answers talent pushes you they they they're like asking for things you know like hey what about this what about this can I do this and even if it's something that's a terrible idea that's somebody who's showing up and putting in the work and they're they're looking to grow mm-hmm growth I think is right is well it's there. like
0: well yeah somebody will come if somebody who's who's hungry they're doing all the open houses they're doing all of that stuff and then they say well I was thinking about doing this thing a presentation or whatever it is and it's or and it, Catherine said you know that's whatever that's a bad idea um because we have well you know I'm just saying that you wouldn't say that to them but it If they come to you with something that's like not you've tried before, you know, that's not going to work, but they're still they're coming to you. It's real. It's that's somebody who's willing to take your advice about, well, maybe not this, but what about this? And then they're like, okay, I'll run with it. Right. Versus the person who is like, meh. I don't know what to do. I don't know. I called everybody. I would now, you know, like that. And and you guys say, well, what what did you do all day?
1: Well, in the bad idea thing. So I've I've been looking. Okay, let me back up. A lot of times people come with ideas because, again, they're they're just like shooting in the dark. You know, they're like, well, what if we do this? And I won't give an example of any. Mm -hmm. But you you hear it and you're like. Oh, no, I've, I've done that before. That's not going to work. Or that's stupid. <laughs> well, it's, it's, but wait, wait, we, it's wait. because
0: it's all about the follow up and all of like, well, so not, I've started. They're, no, one, they're not ever working out the numbers of like, OK, well, how many people and how many do you need in order to get a lead? And then how many leads do you need to be able to? It's like I just want to do uh, set a table up out in the, the well, Lowe's parking lot. With.
1: Well, I've started to take a different approach, though. Instead of me put placing judgment on it, even if I've done it before and it didn't work, if it's like one of those ideas, because maybe it'll work in this market. So I've changed my my thoughts a little bit. When somebody comes with an idea, I I'm like, cool. At least they're trying, right? At yeah. least they're thinking. That's a, that's the
0: whole point. And yeah,
1: trying to come up with something. Yeah, but then I ask them some the, questions. The
0: reality is that they should just be calling their sphere. But
1: well, but then and
0: and pass and open house leads and stuff
1: ask some questions right like okay so in that idea what would be the purpose of that idea what's the goal of that idea and then how would you do it and like try to understand where where they're coming from and and get them to either either explain to you why it's a great idea or self-realize that hey that's really not productive Mm -hmm. and the other thing I had this conversation not too long ago is like before you go, this is a really important key component of this book. And it is somewhere in the section that I'm reading because it's very fresh in my mind. Uh, But essentially, like you have to master the fundamentals before you can get creative. And so when you got a brand new agent who is like in 30, 60 days and or even longer, and they haven't even learned one script yet and they're talking about doing something else, I think the conversation is less about the idea and whether or not that would work. And it's more about, Hey, have you, have you done this yet? Mm -hmm. Have you finished this yet? Because you have to build, it's the same reason that any like sports, I hate sports analogies, but why, why do sports coaches? Oh my God. (laughs) I did play soccer growing up. You guys, I'm not like totally anti-sports, but, um, why when you're when you're practicing and your and your coach tells you to go run a bunch of sprints or to do, you know, like very, very basic stuff. Like I want you to dribble uh, in your like, but I'm I'm more advanced than that. Right. I want to. Like, ru- why
0: can't I write my own plays?
1: Why can't I in this soccer analogy that I'm failing at? Like, right. <laughs> why can't I do a bicycle kick yeah. and practice that? because that's not a basic fundamental and you need to master those and then keep practicing those every single day cuz that's your foundation. Right. Then you get to add on and get creative and yeah. see if you can make up your own thing. So it's just um you know that's that's part of leadership that you you know when you first start hiring people you're as a single agent when you make your first hire you're no leader to anybody. Yeah. Like like you've never done that before, you've never been a manager of people. You've only done sale, the sales mm-hmm. business and, and administrative work, and obviously, but you've never been a manager.
0: There's probably a little insecurity on your own part. Like, can I do this? Like, who am I to, you know, imposter syndrome, all of those things. And then when somebody, your first hire, come, uh, first agent comes up and says, I want to try this. It takes some strength to be able to say, no, you're not going to do that. You have to master this first. This is the part that you have to do. Right. And and it's like you can't go out there and freestyle.
1: Well, and it can feel like sometimes that you're um, like I always I have had this feeling of like, oh, God, I just crushed their dreams. Right. Right. (laughs) Because I said. But
0: I think what you did, what you do and you've learned is what you said a few minutes ago, which is let them talk it out. Let them talk it out and ask them the questions and have them answer the questions and they will self realize that that's not. The way that it's supposed to work, you you don't just say when they say uh, I want to do this. Just like in parenting, you don't say when they say why. You don't say because I said so, <laughs> right? Um, I yeah. guess. I mean, I don't know. I'm like <laughs> a parent, but I have heard that before. Um, that, but that's you know that that that's that's a hard thing to do, and you and know where that's coming from. The reason why they're sitting around watching YouTube videos on ideas for generating leads. Is because they are not succeeding in the fundamentals of generating leads. Well,
1: and and I'm going to say one more thing on that, and we'll move on, or yeah. we'll never get through this. Right, 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 But um, that is because they're not actually practicing.
0: Right, because they're watching YouTube videos.
1: Well, on where, I mean, on where the, to get leads? Think about it like this: like I I have learned and noticed like. You've got to do script and role play. By the way, I said the job duties earlier and I left one off. Mm-hmm. It's script and role play for the rest of your real estate career. Yeah. You can't have solid conversations, sales conversations, and lead people to achieve the result that you're looking for that will help them in their home goals if you don't have scripts and dialogues internalized. It's a never-ending thing. And when you only practice it a couple times a week and then – don't utilize it often enough that's not enough yeah and so that's one of the things i've noticed with new hires is like they're they read it a couple of times and it seems boring right mm-hmm. like it seems boring to just sit there and read the same script over and over again and they don't see how that's going to benefit them long term yeah and it's hard to to illustrate that you know you're they're basically just kind of believing you
0: yeah well it's just like anything else that they're learning as a new agent Um, you're telling them that you need this for success. This is for success. And then they're doing it and they're not seeing any success because they're new and they don't really know what they're doing yet. And so they're looking for uh, some some sort of a sign that says, oh, this is working. But it's really hard to make it work because you don't know what you're doing yet. So it's like, can you get, can that, that new agent get through that middle ground of doing it every day and not seeing success until the one time they get to it where they know what they're doing and they say it and it all works and they go, oh, and then at that point they're they're home free. But it's getting to that takes 90 work days or 120 work days before they can see any Success well, with it.
1: It's like, um, so this week I'm actually taking career visioning, which is a class for hiring. Well, I didn't
0: know you were doing that. Yeah,
1: I'm doing it virtually um no. a couple days this week. Okay. Why? I've already taken it multiple times. Multiple times. Because I want to do better. Yeah. Right? Like I don't want I, I wanna be the best I can be. We're seeking
0: the best, we're baby. Seeking the best.
1: I want to be the best I can be. And that includes every part of my job. And as I grow this business, my job changes. And part of my job is hire, train, retain talent. So in order for me to get better, I have to keep learning the right way to do things and relearning and relearning because I, I forget. And I, I I go to do the interview process and I forget and I make bad decisions. And um, that's how that's part of the process. But that's why you go back and you take the class again and again and again. So that you become the best you can be, just like role playing over and over and over again, even when it's like, oh, I've already heard this before. Right. Yeah, but you're not actually doing it every day right because Mm -hmm. you heard it six months ago and you forgot.
0: When I'll pull a sports analogy out again, but what do you think? Like, we always talk about like football or soccer or whatever, because, but those are big plays played by a whole team, like basketball and stuff. But what about baseball? For example. Yeah. Right. And you're in college playing baseball. They're not running plays because it's baseball, right? But you're learning you're you're practicing those fundamentals where the coach is or somebody is hitting balls out into the field and everyone's on their position and they're playing out plays, or they're or you're in batting practice or pitching practice over and over and over and over and over and over, and over again. It's like don't you think that those guys that are playing professional baseball know how to hit? But they're not, not practicing, well, er- not doing those fundamentals every single day. It's like you don't stop doing those fundamentals just because, oh, I, I know how to do this. It's like Catherine still is script practicing. And I guarantee you for our listeners out there, she knows the scripts better than you do. And she's still doing it every single day because she's going to get that person at that open house before you are because she knows those scripts.
1: It's like the earlier in the book, remember the example of the, the art class where they said they took a group of people and said, okay, you can spend however much, I don't, I don't have it in front of me, but however much time um, planning out a pot that you're going to make, in like a pottery class
0: or just make a bunch of them. So they, something. Yep.
1: So they had one group that was focused on quality Mm -hmm. and the other group was focused on quantity. And they had to make, you know, as many as they could during that time frame. And the other people had the same time frame, but they they could only make one pot. And they were supposed to just like plan it out, out, study, you know, do whatever they need to do. And the the quantity group made the better product because they did 100 pots. And then the last one was better than the person who read everything they could, studied, drew it out, all of that, and made one it's just the truth that the more you practice things, the better you get and the better result you'll get. Yeah. Um, so the same holds true for hiring and it stinks like in this messy middle business where you're like, yeah. you've got to hire some people. I've kind of come to that conclusion. Like you've got to just hire some people and learn
0: on the, on the job.
1: What, like how, <laughs> Look for those clues when the people don't, when they're not a fit, why weren't they a fit? And that's the person you don't hire next time when you pick up on those those red flags. Right. Um, it's this section, this is just a good reminder of the cost of a bad hire. So I'm just going to read this because it's a good reminder for myself and everybody. If you're looking to hire, the cost of a bad hire, three to four months to interview and hire, Three to four months to train and discover that it's not working out. Three to four months to put on probation before terminating the relationship. So nine to 12 months of time and money and you get to start over. Mm-hmm. So this is why they say um hire slowly, fire fast. Right. And it's hard because right, you. I think,
0: I think it's and I think we might have said in the last episode, I think it's hire fast, fire fast. When you're just getting started. Like when you have a team of five admin and you've got nine buyer's agents and a runner and you need to hire your next admin, hire slow. If it's just you and you want to aggressively um, expand your team, the word is aggressive. You got to hire fast, throw a bunch of mud against the wall and the people who are... The right people will be there and the other people will fall to the wayside. If you try to hire slow when it's just you, we're going to be sitting here for five years waiting to get two admin that are are worth it and then they're going to get... How their lives are going to change, and they're going to quit. And you're going to be right back at the beginning again.
1: So I'll just say that that advice goes against everything that people say to do, and I'm just saying that because what I know what you mean. But uh-huh. let's be clear: I'm, like I'm
0: talking about real life scenario. But
1: what you mean is like, don't. Um, okay, so let's say you you hire somebody today. Don't wait three months to bring on the next person. Don't don't delay your growth. It, like, go for it.
0: Like, I'm gonna get this person trained and up and running first. You and mean.
1: and that's something that I've learned is like, if you do that, it's what this example describes. Is like when you finally realize that they're not a good fit, you're screwed. You are to some degree, and yeah. if and and so, um, oh, I, just lost I guess my that's place. true.
0: I guess that's true. That when I say fire fast, fire or hire fast, that comes off as being, I guess, um. Uh, a little too cavalier with yeah. With, you, it's with, not with that you just, you hire just everybody. like oh somebody can right.
1: breathe like you're welcome right. to that's join not, the team.
0: That's not really what I meant. I know, but, I, but I, that's I why see I'm how it, Yeah, I can see how it came off like that. You
1: still do your interview process and make sure it's it should like it sounds like they'll be a good fit. Don't just randomly you know throw a bunch of people in. Um, that's not fair to them either. So you're still going to go slowly through the process, but just the point is that if you kind of bring somebody on and then you're like, okay, great. Now I'm going to focus on training this person and you put all your eggs in that basket and then they don't work out, you're back to square one and you can spend years just going through that circle. So you've got to kind of take a little bit of risk. What I've experienced is take a little bit of risk and go for the next position and start training them because they might not work out either. And it, so just taking a little bit of risk, I think is, is the the key there. And then once they're hired, um, training is huge. I spent a really long time building a training calendar for, uh, multiple roles, but specifically for a buyer's agent so that it's just super clear like, here's what you need to do. Here are the things you need to watch, listen to, read. Here are the things that you're going to do every day. Here's the practice that you're going to do. Here's what you need to shadow. You're talking like, about structure. Yeah, like, and it's time consuming to do all of that stuff while you're still trying to have a real estate career. But you can get templates from other people and then you just have to customize it because what's going to work for somebody else isn't going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the biggest thing, I think I'll say one more point, Part about the organization is the pay. It's it's page one sixty six. If you're reading, um, it says the ten principles for empowering people. So I think this is really really key. Tell people what their responsibilities are, and get agreement. Make sure that they tell you repeatedly that they understand what their responsibilities are and that they're going to do these things. So then when, if something's not working out, um, there's a whole list of, of 10 things here. Um, But when you have commitment there and then it's not working out, when you have to go have a difficult conversation, it's it's a little bit easier because you can reference back, like we we talked about this. This was the commitment. It hasn't been met. Therefore, XYZ. Whether it's this isn't a good fit, we need to part ways or uh, you didn't meet the commitment. We're going to have to put you on a probationary plan and here's what's going to happen next. And then get commitment on that. Like, okay, can you commit to these activities? Because if they don't say yes, if they don't, if they're not in agreement, then they're then it's never going to work. Yeah. Like that. I have that underlined and highlighted because. You can tell people all day long, like do this, do this, do this but you need to have them acknowledge that they understand what their job is mm-hmm. and that they're they're there to do it.
0: And especially with a like with an admin um, there a lot of times there's a finite uh, goal in mind like well, you're a transaction coordinator so your job is this 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 and this and it's all kind of laid out for you. With uh, an agent that can be even though we can say that you've got specific job duties It is a weirder situation because everybody still is an independent contractor and everybody is like they've got their own time. You know, it's like it's a different it's it's all it's you're not you're not cutting them a check. So with an admin, it's real easy. It's like I ask you to do this. You do the thing and then I give you money for it. (laughs) Right. It's like it's like that. It's a normal job. With agents, it's a totally different kind of dynamic. So having the the structure and then laying out the goals in such a way and having them agree to those goals is kind of the only way you can keep them on track in and really, you know, or have accountability, I guess.
1: Well, yeah. so then you meet with them weekly for feedback. It, whether it's an agent or an admin, Whatever those goals are for the week, you're going to meet with them to see, did you do it? Did you do the goal? How did it go? Mm -hmm. I'm reading the, the consultative interview. What was the goal? How did you do? How do you feel about that? Based on how you did, what is your goal now? And what do you need to do now? Right. And then this gives them the opportunity to say, like, let's say they didn't meet the goal. So then they can... Say maybe what they need. Like I, right. I don't. You know, I feel like I'm still lost. I don't know what I'm doing. Blah, blah blah. They need more training, more script and role play, whatever. If it's an agent, um, or for it makes it admin, easier for things. you
0: as the leader to be able to pinpoint where the issue is. It's why we have, um, it, the other system. It's it, it's just a system. It's it the systems allow the the team leader to be able to pinpoint where the problem is to be able to fix the problem. You can see it's just like we've talked about before with you need to make these many contacts to have to set this many appointments to have this many closings. And it's like if you're doing everything with the system, then we can see, oh, there is a problem with setting appointments or there is a problem with with um getting people to sign a, a exclusive exclusive buyers agreement. Or we can find, we can pinpoint where the issue is. This is the same sort of thing uh, where you 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 know where to come in and fix how how you can fix the uh, where the problem is.
1: Yeah. So and then again, it is like you said, it's a system, it's a model for holding people accountable, getting their buy in to what their goals are, having it like you're talking about it, writing it down. And then that's what we're going to talk about next week. And so they know when they show up that if they didn't achieve their goals, they're going to have to explain why. Yeah. And during that conversation, you can learn a lot. Um, it it, it talk, talks about too, like a lot of times people will, um, that's when people will show up and start to point fingers like, oh, it's not working because of this and like blame instead of, well, now here's here's what we know. Did you... If it's a agent, right, did you lead generate for X number of days? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: How many open houses did you do?
1: Like, what were your lead generation activities, right. essentially? And did you do them all? Did you follow the plan? And did you make all your calls or all your tasks complete? Like, if you didn't do those things, <clears throat> then it's not the systems or models. It's your actions and right. what prevented you from doing that. Right. and. When that shows up, when people look for excuses and blame, that's when you kind of start to realize that that person is maybe not a good fit. Right. It's one thing to do it like once or twice. Because we know the- Patterns we show know, up.
0: Yeah. We know the systems work. So if you're not succeeding, then we know it's not the system's fault. It's your, the agent is missing, isn't doing part of the system the way to the level in which they should be doing it. And then we can pinpoint where that is- and then yes, and then and and then they can make that decision to self-select out or to do what those what what part of the system they've been they've been skirting past.
1: Well, and a lot of times the system thing might just be that they're saying they're they're not really using the script right. right? So yes, I made X number of contacts. I did this mm-hmm. many open houses. I blah 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 blah. Right. And you're not seeing the results.
0: We know where the problem is. The we can pinpoint.
1: It. is definitely scripts and dialogues. Right. You're because not,
0: you're calling these people. You're talking to them. You're not asking for business, for example. You're not following the script. You're just saying, hey, how's it going? Do you know anybody? Well, that doesn't. And then we can. they Then that'll lead to them saying, well, you know, the script doesn't sound like me and it feels fake and all of that stuff. So yeah. we have to take a break. Okay? It's
1: been. I know. Okay. I'm like, I feel like we've gone on for too long. Droning <laughs> on.
0: All right. Let's take a break.
1: The B team is an Orlando-based real estate team with Keller Williams Realty at the Parks. We operate as a boutique-style company with the resources of the largest real estate company behind us. B is looking for talented people like you to join our team. If you happen to live in the Orlando area and you're a detail-oriented quick learner, then we might have a place for you. Whether you're a real estate agent or administrative professional, we are looking for individuals who are ready to work hard and ready for success. If you're ready to join the team, visit us at thinkliveb.com. And we're back. Okay. So I'm going to say just a couple more things on the organization model. And this is, I knew I read this in this section. So we Um, didn't do
0: any of the episode that we thought we were going to (laughs) do.
1: No, we're going to do just a tiny bit of the next section. Okay. But there was, there was still a lot to cover in the organization model Mm -hmm. and it was just on my mind been doing a lot of hiring and yeah. uh, interviews I should say mm-hmm. and um it's good good refreshing both both you've been doing both both um but so
0: in fact this might be this episode um we've got a bunch of new agents that have started and um this probably isn't the best episode <laughs> scary <laughs> for them to start <sighs> off with but
1: well, no, I mean, I don't even think that's that's true. I think they need to understand they need to, the other
0: side of where you're coming from, at
1: least. There, there is a hard cost. So, when you hire administrative help, um, you know, one of the things that people talk about is there's a thirty. If you put people on a training program, have a ninety day, ninety business days, which works out to hundred and so hundred and something days, mm-hmm. um, of training for that person, whether they're an agent or an administrative person but let's say it's an admin. You have an exact dollar amount. You know that you are responsible for paying them. And you know, so if in 30 days things are not going well, you're probably going to be more apt to cut them loose because you know exactly that cost. Right. The agent side is a little bit trickier because there is a hard cost. There's cost to business, whatever it is that you're supporting and providing for them, there's that cost. But then there's your time. Or if you have, um, if you have a little bit more established business and you have somebody else who's like a sales manager or director of operations that's training, you're paying them. You're paying them. Yeah, that the, might and be. And there's
0: just onboarding. There's just the the cost of like telephone numbers. And no, no, no. I know. All, that's why I
1: said there's a hard fixed cost right. that you can identify. that might seem like relatively low for an agent I mean it's there it's there and Mm. it's like why are you throwing that away if they're not going to work out but the bigger cost is your time or whoever's time that's mostly training them and that part can be a little bit harder to identify because now I specifically I know my dollar per hour like I know what we made last year and I know that any minute that I spend away from dollar producing activities is money that could be spent making more money for the business for all of the people involved in it um, and so I can, I can pretty well identify, like, if I spend X number of hours per week training with these new people, that's not what's only... That,
0: what's that costing us? Yeah, yeah,
1: that's me spending that dollar per hour, plus whatever new growth I could have potentially had during that time. Right. Now, if they succeed and there's results, then there was a return on that investment. Mm-hmm. And it's great, right?
0: Right, but if I have to fire them.
1: If if they don't work out, then that was a loss. A loss. And so you have to be careful with your time and and manage it because it's it can get really easy to just eat up all of your time. When I made my first agent hire, like the first one that was truly cuz I've had I had a couple people um in early phases of like I'm to hire buyer's agent. They were like a showing partner and then sort of moved into the those are, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Well, let's just say when I made my first, like I'm hiring this person with this intention. Right. They're going to be a buyer's agent. I saw a huge loss in income that year. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a couple reasons for that. But I can 100% identify like the first three or four months of them starting a decline in income because I was spending too much time focused on helping them Right. Instead of focusing on just growth of business income.
0: And teaching them like I'm gonna teach you everything that there is as we're like through the process and, and everything. And it's like and that be as if this is gonna this person, whoever this first hire is, is gonna be with you forever.
1: Well right <laughs> with a with
0: a training of of any question, we're gonna answer that question and anything where now you've kind of they have to prove themselves by doing the thirty days, should show me that you're willing to put in the time and the effort and the energy to do this. Then we will start to train you on the next thing. And as things come up, we train you. As we're, we're not going to get into the well. What you're right. saying
1: is, I don't need to train you on how to do a buyer consultation until you've set an appointment. Right. I don't need to train you on how to negotiate an offer until you've actually shown some houses and you're getting ready. To right. Make Whereas
0: offer. at the beginning, it mm-hmm. was, um handing them stuff and then showing them the process through uh, always be training and and then you realize oh this and this isn't working now I've wasted all of this time and yeah
1: well and so following the models this is the, what it says here, this is the science of business. Like this is a business. Again, these people, when you hire somebody, whether you're, you could be friend, they could be your best friend and it's still a business and it has to, it has to have revenue and you can't just take, like you can't just stop what you're doing to solely focus on helping them because they might not be a fit for the role that you hired. And you won't really know that until you get into it with them. And so you've got to follow these models and systems and make sure. And part of that includes models and systems for you, right? So if you're supposed to lead generate three hours a day, then you got to make sure that still fits into the time for you to keep the business going. Otherwise, nobody has a job. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, And then this is where I said this one earlier, but Warren Buffett teaches us to master the proven models before we add creativity.
0: That's... I didn't know that Warren Buffett said that but that's I've been saying that not just about real estate but life in general well, um, yeah. m- my whole life is that you're not allowed to go out and freestyle and play jazz until you've mastered the instrument. Yeah. That is just the fact. Like you cannot you have to have those fundamentals done down upwards backwards front and every which way and then you get to experiment and, and, and stuff. You can't and that's I think I probably learned that from school, from, from going to college for, for illustration. You know, there were plenty of people that I went to college with that weren't illustration majors or graphic design majors. They were fine art majors and the fine art majors could go in and kind of do whatever they wanted, just abstract this and whatever, and just play around and, and stuff. And I've always been a big believer of, if you want to do something that is your, in your own style, you have to memorize or, and, or not memorize. You have to master the fundamentals. A good example of that is, is Pablo Picasso, right? Everyone knows Pablo Picasso and what his, what his artwork looked like and his cubism and all, all, of his, all of his stuff. But what a lot of people don't know is that he was a savant and could paint photorealistic by the time he was 15 years old. He had mastered all of the fundamentals. And because he had mastered those fundamentals, it allowed him to go and experiment and do uh, and, and create his own style and his own thing. You don't get to just do that without mastering the first part of it. Yeah. And this is a good example of that, which you, you want to see. You, you want to freestyle? Show me you can do this first.
1: Well, and this goes back even to like um, uh, like emails and scripts. Um, sometimes I see that some an agent has taken like a, an email that was part of a campaign or a smart plan, a manual email and like reworded it completely. <laughs> and it's like you have to use what's there it was designed through 17 years of going to classes and listening to what works and messing up and testing what (laughs) works and seeing what happens and and doing it over and over and over again and so every time you take something and you do it differently because you think well that doesn't sound like me or let me let me just uh, write this out then the results will be different than the desired outcome and so, just models, models, models. Just follow what works and do it over and over and over again. I think is it's the key to this entire book. Um,
0: I think it's hard for agents, newer agents that um, join a team. So, as a team leader, if or for our listeners, if you're going to be a team leader, um, because they don't know at all what they're doing, so it's hard for them to trust the systems you have done the systems for years and years and years and you're like of course this works because i've i've tried everything else and we've honed it down to this but they don't know they're just coming into something that their their footing they don't have strong footing on anything on any part of their lives they don't know where the next check is coming from this is all brand new it's everything is new and you're saying follow this system and they're like i don't know you. Like, you know what I mean? Like they're like having building that trust with them. Like you can trust me that this will work. You can say that a million times, but them actually trusting you, that this will work is a whole different thing. And so it's like it, it's it's you have to constantly be reminding them and teaching them the fun those fundamentals over and over and over again. You can't mention it once and be like, well, I told them they should be able to get it. It's like it, it they don't know there's a there's a trust thing there of an, and an understanding that takes time to develop.
1: Well, yeah, of course. And and the the thing is that that's what we were talking about when, when people start to doubt things because. Maybe they came into it and they they started doing stuff and it's not working out for them. And they they kind of start to think that maybe the model or system isn't right. working. Mm-hmm. But let's go back to what I just said. Did you do all of the emails word for word? Right. Are, you ta- are you reading the scripts word for word? Mm-hmm. Are you saying what we're practicing? Definitely no, first of all. No, because you don't have them internalized yet. And that's okay. That's part of learning. That's,
0: yeah, that's the process. Yeah.
1: But that takes time. It takes time and you have to keep practicing it so that you get it right and then the results will show up. And so unless you're reading it every single day and really memorizing it, which I know people don't do, it's going to take time. Yeah. But anyways, onward. <laughs> um. So the, the next section of the book actually takes the four models that we've already covered. So the economic model, lead gen, budget model, and organization model, and applies it to actually netting a million which is exciting
0: yeah <laughs> that's real exciting
1: so even if again like you don't have to that doesn't have to be your goal like you can take all of these models and have it work even if your goal is a hundred thousand dollars you just take all of the the numbers in the model and you remove zero maybe more yeah the zero um <laughs> And so they talk about netting a million. So that is like the millionaire real estate agent, right? You First, you're, you're thinking about a million. Then you're earning a million. Well, first, you're yeah, earning would be grossing a million. So like the, the GCI for the business is a million. And then netting a million is that the GCI is such that after all of your expenses and costs of sale... There's a net million dollars in profit. So that's the sort of the goal of this book is to move you through.
0: Isn't there another one though too? Uh Uh-huh.
1: Receiving a million. Right. That you would receive a million in passive income. And then they've actually kind of expanded. Not so much in give a million. Give a million. Yeah. So this is just moving through a process growing your business and if your goal is a hundred thousand then that's okay then you stop there Mm -hmm. but the models all still work they're just smaller numbers
0: yeah and then it's then it's just a matter if you want to only do a hundred then you you start really tightening those models and those systems so that what you what you're trying to do is shave off time how do i i can earn a hundred thousand that and i'm good with that that's all i that's all i want well, then, by tightening those systems and getting them exactly the way they need to be, you're doing it in less time. Yeah. So instead of 90 hours a week, you're working 60 hours a week, and then instead of 60 hours a week, you're working 40 hours a week because you're you're tightening those systems. You know exactly where, you know.
1: Well, so it's like when you um, systematically, like if you follow your models and systematically. Sorry, let me read this over again because I really wanted to read it word for the word. The sun is just yeah blasting
0: like, into her face. It's so. just
1: really bad. Okay. Um, so you have to remember to maintain the core focus on the core issues that drive a real estate business, and that's the three L's. We talked about those before. And- to put these models in place quickly and efficiently. If you follow them systematically and leverage their implementation through a few key hires, you should be able to maintain them with minimal distraction from your primary areas of focus. Leads, listings, leverage. So your job as the team owner and main agent is to continue to build those pockets, those listings, leads, leverage. So your job kind of starts to shift where your, your focus is on generating leads, specifically listings, and making sure that the listings are getting results, that the, you should get one piece of business at, at a minimum for every listing taken if properly converted, and then leverage, finding the right people, hiring, training, retaining talent. Um, And it says, above all, you should be focused on generating leads and I I like this line. So this is the difference between a millionaire real estate agent and an average real estate agent at the, the millionaire never drops the ball on lead generation. It doesn't matter whether his computer crashed or his assistant quit. He systematically, Hey, it could be a she Mm -hmm. (laughs) pursues leads and when finished, then turns attention to the problems of the day. Definitely something I'm struggling with right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And, um, but it is, I mean, we've, if you've listened to us at all, you know that that's, like, number one on the top of the list. Oh, for sure. You never, ever, ever, never, ever let those first four hours of the day get interrupted. Never, ever, ever. I don't care what it is. You know, like, when it comes to work. Like, of course, there's f- emergencies, family emergencies and stuff like that. But when it comes to... You never, ever let a client that you already have dictate what you're doing for lead generation. Well, and the, po- the
1: point is that... If you have proper leverage, right. those people, the clients, though they can be handled without you. Yeah. So those first three or four hours of the day, your assistant is answering the phone and whatever that client needs during that time, they should be able to handle. Yeah. The only thing that they wouldn't handle is offer a negotiation. Which you're
0: not going to do until the afternoon. You don't do any of that during that time.
1: Now, I will say that like this is something I'm struggling with because I am looking to replace administrative hires and training new agents. And it's a lot. Mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's too much. Well, by hopefully
0: that our new agents will be listening to this episode and we can <laughs> say to them right now is do not bother Catherine in the first part of the day during lead gen because she needs to be doing it too
1: so there's
0: and by the way if you're asking Catherine questions then you're not lead generating you're doing most of the time questions hmm, are that's about lead follow-up they're not the same thing well
1: i get what you're saying but
0: lead follow-up is something different
1: but point point is that in order to have a really high-level business this has to be the focus all mm. at all at, at all costs. Yeah. And everybody needs to understand that, I yeah. think, is the bigger part. And that's that's um like my coach has said this before, and I've heard this before, like creating a culture of productivity. Like people need to understand that this business doesn't exist if we're not all productive. And the way that we are productive is that we spend the first part of our day together doing this activity. Mm-hmm no matter what else comes up and it's really hard like new agents they get distracted super easily and when there is a new like when they have a new buyer they get
0: so excited which is so excited yeah it's good they want to
1: stop what they're doing and go look for houses for them and i understand because it's really hard to see the big picture Mm -hmm. that if you stop doing that and you go focus on this
0: they haven't they you, don't Well
1: first of all you will not make up that time. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah. So don't think They haven't do been
0: that. doing it long enough to know the what the roller coaster is to be on the roller coaster and that's how you end up on the roller coaster is by stopping what you're doing and then you get super busy and you don't lead Jen because you're really busy and then all those people close or fall off the wayside and then there's nothing in the pipeline. Well, so And this then is- you're down at the bottom again. Then you gotta do all that. Then you're really busy again. It's like this you, is a really good reminder
1: that if lead generation doesn't get done, everything else could be unnecessary. <laughs>
0: right. It's and like, that's a that's a good place to stop.
1: <laughs> are we are we out of time? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I guess that's where we stop then. So, yeah. just uh remember that
0: um <laughs> <laughs> She's losing it, guys.
1: I just totally lost my train of thought. Uh, that's fine. We'll pick back up with netting a million next next week. Okay. And we're going to just focus on the four models again. But oh, let me tell you this. This is what I was going to leave you with. Okay. The first part of the, um, the, the, so there's four models. So the first part of netting a million is about your economic model. And so the numbers just get bigger. So if your number to like, if to hit your goals was 20 something or 24, um, when you first did the math, if you want to net a million, well, right now, like I just did the math before we started this episode in our market with our average sales price and rough commission, we would need to sell 222 homes. So is that a lot of houses? Yes, that's a lot of houses. And it used to be 320 according to this book. <laughs> because we we are in a fortunate place where the volume, the the sales prices are at higher prices than they were when this book was written. So it actually takes less sales, but I would argue that thing it to me, I've been doing this for 17 years. There is so much more um complication in things and so much more competition outside of even agents, just with other services that when I first got started, those services didn't exist. Right. right. And so there's just it's definitely harder today. And I shouldn't say it's when probably I got a started. wash. Right. When I first got started, it was the greatest recession of all time. That was super hard and probably the hardest time to be a new agent. But I mean, after I got through that and the market started to rebound, it just was so different. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that it's hard to get business. There's plenty of buyers out there. I just mean, even though the numbers are smaller to have a millionaire real estate agent business, I think it's just as difficult to find the right people to keep them because when you hire somebody, like everybody's looking for the next thing. Yeah. And th- I know I sound like an old person right now. No, but, I but I mean, these kids today.
0: Well, I mean, you see it all the time, like. People jump in brokerages and looking for the, Everybody's where, always where wears, do we take the lowest split and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, just make your calls in the morning, man. They, just make your calls in the morning. Everybody
1: is always thinking the grass is greener, even when the grass is super green. Yeah. And that is just sort of a product of, of the, the- Humanity. Humanity. Yeah. There's nothing you can do about that. So it's is 222 homes a lot. Yeah. Is it doable? Yeah, yes.
0: Happens all the time.
1: Happens all the time. But there's plenty of people out there who are doing this. And my goal is, of course, like this is what I'm, I'm building. I follow these models. I'm working on this and I'm in this messy middle spot and I'm, I'm nowhere near that. But my goal is to just keep doing that. And I have to remind myself every single day yeah. to focus on the plan, yeah. not the problem, because yeah. there's always a million problems. Yeah
0: those problems all disappear on their own not all of them but you know what i mean it's like the plan is a constant thing that is there that is something we're shooting for the problems sometimes those problems work themselves out by the end of the day you don't even aren't even involved in them like they just have they, you know what i mean it's like it's like you can't fo- let those problems dictate your plan you just focus on the plan and when you have time you work on those problems but that you know what i mean mm-hmm ladies and gentlemen the question you are about to hear is true only the names have been changed to protect the innocent question from the web. I have a small team and we hold a weekly meeting. Of course we get caught up on everything going down with our team members deals but I'm looking for ideas on what to talk about during a team meeting. We've been doing trainings on how to use our CRM. What else should we be discussing?
1: Okay. Um, Yeah. I've I've definitely had those uh, thoughts and kind of fine-tuned things over the years. So like our um, current agenda is Basically, we kind of kick it off with um, like a fun fact, just just to, you know, get the meeting started. And um, and then we will talk about our market for just a brief bit. We track numbers in the market uh, weekly. So we'll go over those as a team. So like the admin puts the numbers together and then we'll go over them as a team and look at any changes, talk about what that means, what, you know, conversations we should have with with people talking points maybe is a good way to put that. And then we'll talk about any upcoming listings that we have um, going on and our own you know internal activity. And then um, usually there will be some other topic that I'll bring to the table. So um, recently, it just as some examples recently, excuse me, my, uh, I read an article about the value of the MLS. And so we talked about the value of the MLS together. Like, what do we think that, how do we explain that to consumers and what's the value of an agent and just, you know, conversation about that.
0: Yeah. Especially if you've got new agents who maybe don't mm-hmm. know how to discuss those things, it's good to get that out there. And then just for, for their, the questioners knowledge, how long do your team meetings last?
1: Um, They're like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it and sounds
0: then, like to me from this, th- th- they're talking about the members, different team members deals and all of those things. That to me sounds like um, that could take up a lot of time talking. It oh, sounds I like it, something out. It now. sounds like almost like um, uh, gossip, office gossip to a certain degree. Like uh, I know that Catherine has her team meeting, but she also does short one on ones with e- with every team member um
1: so i'll say two, two more things so i left something out we we also so we'll do a fun fact and then um positives or or actually we changed it to uh the one thing like what's your one thing for the week um just so we know what everybody's focused on and then um and, and so, then
0: and so they do too
1: mm-hmm, and then we also end it usually with like what's any upcoming events that people need to know about like if we're doing a volunteer event um we're announcing that or whatever if there's any specific um, marketing stuff, like at the beginning of the month, we might cover, um, you know, what are like some marketing things that we're doing that people can share, stuff like that. So one thing I will say is, like, you should, um, and and I've struggled with this a little bit because.
0: It sounds like what you're talking about is like have it super structured.
1: Well, I have an agenda, and then I fill that in, and then like the the sort of optional, not optional, but like the the changing variety is what's what's a topic that we can focus on that will be beneficial for people. So we've had you know we've had a mortgage person come in and explain to us different pr- mortgage products, um, things like that that everybody needs to to know about the, you know, what's available and what they can discuss with people. So those kind of topics. Mm -hmm. I've also had little mini training sessions, getting everybody in the room together at one time and saying, okay, here's how you do this. If it's some new, new way to do something or something where we've noticed that um, people are doing it wrong, (laughs) then just getting everybody's in the room together, just go ahead and do a little training session. But if it's going to take more than a few minutes, then it should be a separate thing you know, um, you shouldn't spend the whole time doing a training session or an hour long training session, have the team meeting be focused around, in my opinion, like the market and what are our goals and activities. And one thing I've probably struggled with is like a focus on our vision and goals that should be at the forefront of the meetings. And sometimes I struggle with, um, with talking about those things because we've, you know, we don't have a, uh, we have a lot of new people right now and so like they don't they weren't a part of setting the goals from the previous year right and i know that's not a reason not to bring it up and talk about it but like i just i don't know how to explain this but like if you if you're just if you've got a couple people and they've been with you a long time like talking about the vision and the the growth right. and the goals should be at every meeting and we were doing that for a while, and then we've brought in some new people, and it's kind of gotten a little bit put on the back burner because I feel like they don't even know anything right, yet. So right. I Yeah. Just have felt like, like I didn't want to like it might be, overwhelm it. Yeah,
0: it might be overwhelming to see big picture and not really even know how to apply what. And, the, and like that's what probably the,
1: stupid on my part. I think. Well, I don't know. Leader, I don't know. But
0: I, don't, I don't know if it's stupid, but I do think that the best way to get people used to uh, the formula and get used to that the systems and all of those things is to kind of give them the big picture right from the beginning and to do I, I do think that that probably needs to be implemented into the meeting. So for sure it should be in your meeting to talk about like
1: what's the vision for uh, the company in this year and like, what are we working on?
0: Yeah. And like, and where are we at and what do we need to do to get, to get there? I do think that's important. It it just, you're in um, a little bit of a weird situation because there's a lot of new people. So it's, it's usually there's somebody new that comes in. And so you just keep doing what you were doing. And so, so something, Things are so new and radically different then it's it makes it hard. But I do think implementing that is probably something you need to do for the next meeting.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not even like intentionally left mm-hmm. off. No, it I just know. kind of subconsciously happened. Yeah. But that was always something that was like a huge part of here. We're going to talk about the goals. Right. Here's where we are. Here's how many appointments were set. Here's many, And that that should be part of your meeting agenda for sure Yeah. because no people need to buy into the team goals not just their own like yeah i want to sell however many houses everybody needs to be a part of the big picture right this is
0: why your goals are what they are because because you said these are your goals we have based that maybe that's what it is we have based the team goals around what we think with the team should do but also what you guys think that you can do. Yeah. And and so when you're like well we have a lot of new people so those goals that were created for the team were created without them. So it makes it hard to kind of say well these are the team goals based off of goals that were set by other people that <laughs> right like like yeah. all of that kind of stuff. But it, it, I think it's just good practice and good for them to see like all of this is all intertwined like what you're doing affects the admin yeah right and and whether or not we hire another marketing person or whatever or we start hiring ISAs it's all based off of what you said you could do right because we're basing the teams off of that as well so
1: yeah okay, oh, okay. Small
0: win. Small, win. Small, win. small win, Kat, you got a small win this week?
1: Well, oh, cons- this is
0: part of your team meeting, right?
1: We changed it to the one one thing. Oh, but you because, used to do a small win. Yes, but we do small wins on Mondays. Oh, okay. So then to do small win on Tuesdays, it was like always the same. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> so we changed it to what's the one thing for the week at, on our meetings and we still do the small wins on Monday mornings. <laughs> Um, my small win this week, uh, I, in case you've been listening, I am learning how to bake. I've always, you know, anybody can bake. You just follow a recipe. And I've enjoyed baking in the past and stuff, but I wanted to learn like the actual science of baking. And so I'm following this little class thing online. And so this past week, I made um a tart, a fruit tart. So I made a batch of pastry cream, which I've already done before. And this was my best batch, I thought. Mm-hmm. And I agree. a pat sablée crust which is just a basic pastry tart crust and then um put fruit on top and it was delicious yeah
0: it was very good very very, very, good. very good she did this once before oh don't Mem- tell about
1: my fail. Maybe, maybe
0: that was about <sighs> it was a, co- a year ago I think maybe, it a little, been... maybe a little bit more than yeah. a year ago um i'm gonna blame it on our kitchen not being updated me too <laughs> we had a really weird kidding. kitchen then and stuff but um yeah this was a hundred times better The pastry but also you, cream was also, like
1: soup on the last one Yeah
0: but also you know what the difference is too Is like I felt like If I look back on that time when you were doing those, That thing a lot of times It felt like oh I need to hurry up and finish this Because I've got to go do this other thing For work or whatever and it felt like You were kind of just going through it To, 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 get, to get it done Like you were frustrated mm-hmm. th- While you were doing it I was like that doesn't look like fun at all <laughs> But Um, maybe enough time has passed and everything and your head, you're, you're in a different headspace now, but it seemed like you were just kind of taking your time going through. You actually split it up over two days Mm -hmm. and everything instead of like trying to do everything. Oh, now I got to, oh man, I got to let this cool. And is it cool enough? It was, there wasn't any of that kind of thing. You're just kind of.
1: Well, I have to say that I, I think I've grown as a, um, as a person, you know, in that I've, I've started to. Like be able to, um, like w- we talked about this. I there there's it's never gonna be done. Nothing's right. ever gonna be done, and so stop trying to like work myself to death every single day, Saturday Sunday doing right. stuff. It's never just, going to be done. I
0: said just the the other day that if it's never going to be done, then why are you breaking your back? trying to finish things yeah if it's never going to be done then just stop so i pick up again tomorrow so
1: i've you know allowed myself to just kind of be able to take the time and and be a little bit slower with things you know what can i change my small win
0: sure i know what you're gonna change it to but yeah okay i was surprised that you i forgot
1: (laughs) um okay shameless plug for myself um I got nominated for uh, an award for the Orlando Real Producers. Right. Which is, they, they produce a magazine and, and have stats for the top 500, 200, and 100 agents in our area. And um and they do awards every year. And somebody nominated me for most professional. Yeah. And there's... A, there's few,
0: a few, not, I think it said that you had to be nominated a few times. It right? did.
1: It said that that everybody on that made the nomination list had been nominated multiple times. And so that honestly might be like my proudest accomplishment that other people see me, you know, the way that I want to be seen. I want to be a professional in every circumstance, even when I want to yell and scream at somebody (laughs) and tell them they're stupid that I always try really, really hard to, um, to maintain that level of professionalism and and listen and 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 think through things before reacting and so to have other peers nominate me for that is very yeah I'm I am I feel very and we never honored. look we
0: never look for awards it's never I had no, in, fact, in fact we have a we have a episode about about awards and how we don't go after them or look at them or any of those things yeah um um, but it, like I think we even said during that episode, it's always nice to get recognition. Well, we just don't go searching for it. I'm, I'm
1: not one of those people that needs it. Like I don't need validation. I don't need recognition. Right. Now, is it fun to get an, a production award? Uh, yes, because it means that you achieved your goals or, right. or you you grew in, in some way, you know, for production. But this is a whole different thing. And I'm, I'm really, I'm really proud that people recognize me for that I mean I haven't won like yeah. there's six people but it was <laughs> it's, it's, an, honor it's, it's an honor just to be nominated
0: just to be nominated and then there's a
1: voting thing that um the public can vote on and so I don't you know I don't know that I'm gonna win but right yeah because there's
0: always people that are out there pushing you know
1: Will will we put the link to the voting in the the, the post hey who knows maybe, maybe. shameless no. plug maybe <laughs> What's your small win?
0: Um, my small win is, as everybody knows, I've been working on this rental property and we're one step closer. I started to we got uh, it's really gross on the outside when we when we bought it like it had been painted maybe in the 90s. And then Florida weather and sun, that means that everything has been bleached White, it looks terrible. It was filthy, dirty, and stuff, and peeling paint, peeling paint, and everything. And we finally got the dry rot and everything all fixed. And I started priming the front of the house, so there's no more peeling paint. Everything's painted gray because it's just primer, but it already looks like so much better. And it's just so nice when um, it's so nice to see a big change like overnight right you work and you're working on these little corners and this and that you're i bring cat over and say look i fix all the doorknobs <laughs> right and it took me all day to do it but there's it's not much to see but as soon as you start throwing paint on stuff it's like it's a big change really quick mm-hmm. and it's just really nice to kind of see that transition st- transition starting to happen yes. you know what i mean Thank So you that's, for
1: doing all that <laughs>
0: For Sure, I'm now. I'm I, it's too late to do it today because we were doing this podcast in the morning. And for those of you in the area, know that it's like we're going through a huge heat wave, and so it's way too hot outside to do anything. So yeah. I'll have to wait until tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I got listing photos tomorrow. I'm gonna have to wait until Ow. later in the week. <laughs> hey guys, remember to rate and review us on iTunes, it really helps new listeners to find us. Send your questions from the web to onseekingthebest at gmail.com. Leave us a Spotify voicemail with your questions and we'll play it on the show. All info is in the show notes. And for Kat and myself, thanks for listening and we'll figure this all out next week.
1: Bye. This
0: has been a Think Live Be production.